deliver you from the situation that you find yourself in. Because they were up against it. They were literally against the fire. And they were thrown into it. It says they're thrown into the fire. Be expectant. If you stand strong declaring his name, you must be expectant for God to be faithful in your life. We serve an almighty, loving, caring father. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that. They knew that they, they were created with a perfect image, created in God's eyes, created with love and care and compassion. And they knew that the God they serve is not going to forsake them. God will never leave you or forsake you. I hope you hear that tonight. I want you to put yourself in the shoes as we continue the rest of this, this passage of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because all of you have an equivalent to the blazing furnace, the fiery furnace. And all, all of you, I'm hoping it's not the exact same thing. None of you in here tonight are going to be thrown into a furnace tomorrow. But some of you, all of you, to some degree, have a situation that's the equivalent to that in your own life. Put yourself in the shoes of these three men. How are you going to respond? Welcome back to the PC Youth Pod. When we face trials of many kind, we must be expectant that God will move. This week's message, we're looking at Daniel 3, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So grab your Bibles and something to write with. We're going to open God's Word, and we're just going to get a meal. And a lot of you are saying, that is a weird analogy. Tonight, we're going to be talking a lot about, there's always an issue, right? We always try to solve this issue. Tonight, we're going to be talking about how, at one point, are you guys focused now? I think maybe it's a blessing and a curse that you, wait, curses are not in church. It's a blessing and a negative that you guys get to get up and get all hyper because some of you are hyper now. We're focused. There once was a time in history where God, this is a serious moment, there once was a time in history when God, for the most part, was the center of everything we did. A lot of you have heard of that. You've heard about that time in history. A lot of it would be like when our parents were growing up and, and when our country was built. God was at the center of the, the foundation of our country being built. God was at the center of law. God was at the center of families. Our country, our society lived around this idea, the principles that are in the Bible. And if we're being honest tonight, that's not the case anymore. And I would say, I hope you would agree with me that that's an issue. Culturally, God is not at the center of anything we do. And when I say we, I'm talking about culture, not us in this room, hopefully. Culturally, God is at the center of nothing. You can, you can watch, I mean, this is a, a good example, and you guys are mature enough to handle it. The Super Bowl halftime show was not godly. And you all are laughing because you agree with me. I didn't watch it. Good, you didn't see it. I didn't watch it either because I knew that it wasn't going to be godly. So nothing in culture is godly or centered around God or surrounded on anything that is built in this Bible. All over culture, there are so many examples of things being placed above God. So not only do we see God taken out of the equation. Things are being placed above him, and I believe that's purposeful. So generally, he's no longer at the center of everything. Exodus 20, verse 3 through 5 says this, You shall have no other gods before me. Oh, that's kind of important to what we're talking about. You shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not, not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord of your God, I'm a jealous God. So those of you that don't know this portion of Scripture, you would know what this portion of Scripture is talking about. This is talking about the Ten Commandments. 
And Moses is receiving these words from the Lord, and he's on the mountain, and he's receiving the Ten Commandments. And one of them is, do not have any gods before me, and do not worship that God. So if I'm being honest tonight, because of the sin that we live in, because of the world that we live in, it's corrupted this earth. And there's many people that are, in a way, worshiping many other things, and it's not God. And you might say, well, I don't see anyone on my knees worshiping video games. I'm not talking about, like, getting down and, like, whatever. Indirectly, people are worshiping things that are not God because they're putting all of their energy, all of their focus, all of their time into whatever that thing is. It has placed materialistic items above God, and to me, that causes a massive issue in our culture today. Because of all of this, all the things we've said just now, there are situations that you and I find ourselves in that be hopeless. So like if, if you put all of whatever it is into all of your energy into sin, you're going to eventually find yourself in a very hopeless situation. And we've all been there. We've had a situation where we walk in and we're like, whoa, okay, I have no idea what's next. All of us, because of the sin that we, the world li- that we're a part of in this world, find ourselves in hopeless situations. You might ask a question, how am I supposed to survive this while still trusting in God? I'm a Christian, but, but I don't know I don't know how God's going to help me out of this situation. Or you're going to say, how is God going to help me with this? And a lot of you are, that, that situation sounds a lot like he's talking about. This is the, the problem that we're facing plain and simple tonight. There is no longer an expectancy for God to bring us out of our circumstances. Let me say that again to those of you who didn't hear. The world no longer is expectant for God to be faithful and to deliver us from the things that we are facing. Instead, when we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place, culture would say, oh, well, just go with your feelings and it's going to be okay. What are we leaning to when we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place, when we find ourselves in a hopeless situation, in a, when we find ourselves in a situation that you could say is near death? I don't know what, what we are, what, what the scale looks like, but whatever this, the, the dark situation is, we're no longer expecting for God to move. Tonight we're going to read a story out of the that challenged me when I read it, and I've known my whole life. Some of you, this is going to be the first time you've heard it, but this story that we're going to read out of the book of Daniel is very challenging and such a good example of how to react when it looks like there's nothing that we can do on our own, okay? So open, oh, I'm going to pray first. Dear Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you for, God, just thank you for your word. God, thank you for all the students that are here. God, thank you that you're allowing us to focus in this moment because you want to speak to us something real and something new. God, a lot of us walk in here with with a situation that we feel hopeless. God, I'm believing that in this moment you're going to speak to that student, to these students, and help them understand that if we put our trust into you and are expectant for you to move, you are faithful to do so. We ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. Open up your book to Daniel, not your book, open up your Bible, which is a book, to Daniel chapter 3. And some of you are like, oh, Daniel chapter 3, I know what story he's going to read. Good. Daniel chapter 3, open it up. We're going to read a story tonight about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Say that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Whoa. Let there be light. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're also going to talk about King Nebuchadnezzar. And for those of you that have grown up in church, you've heard these stories in Sunday school. You've heard them. We've heard this story before, but some of you... I'm excited because some of you are going to hear this story for the first time. Some of you have never heard Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and some of you have never heard who King Nebuchadnezzar is. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar was the longest 
serving, serving leader of the Babylonian Empire. For those of you that know what Babylon is, Babylon was not a very good place. King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar actually, that's going to be a lot to say all night. King Nebuchadnezzar actually destroyed Jerusalem and sent many, many people into exile, into captivity, into Babylon. Babylon was not a good place to be because it was full, it was full of sin, it was full of corruption, it was full of darkness. But Nebuchadnezzar had a lot of power in this time. He was the longest serving, uh, he was the longest serving king in the Roman, in the, not Roman, Babylonian Empire. He had a lot of power. But like all kings, this is important, like all kings, his might was nothing in comparison to the power of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were Daniel's advisors. Daniel was, was, had access to King Nebuchadnezzar. He, he knew him. He was somewhat high in the, in the Babylonian Empire. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were his advisors. And we're going to see tonight that these three men had uncompromising faith even in the face of death. And I'm excited to read this story. If you've heard it a million times, maybe this is the million and one time and God's going to speak something new to you tonight. So open up your book, like I said, to Daniel chapter 3, verse 8. Open up your Bible, and we're going to start in Daniel chapter 3, verse 8. Why is my Bible on my iPad in Romans? Bad preparation, I'm sorry. I'm looking it up. Daniel chapter 3, verse 8. Here we go. I'm reading out of the NLT translation. Chapter 8, verse, no, sorry. Chapter 3, verse 8 says, but some of the, okay, I need to set the stage, I'm sorry. King Nebuchadnezzar. I'm, you guys got me out of loop because I was doing Rubik's Cube. I got off focus. King Nebuchadnezzar was, the, like I said, the longest serving king of the Babylonian Empire. And in this portion of Daniel chapter 3, he created a, a gold idol, a gold image. And he required, he required all the people in Babylon at the sound of a, there was a across the whole city. And he required every time that sound came across the whole city, people had to bow down and, and bow before the, the image, the idol, whatever it was. And so he, he, he commanded it. It was a decree of the king. And they were required. Every, every person that lived in Babylon was required to do this. But in this portion of scripture, we're going to see something pretty amazing. Some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue. When they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. So he created this, this statue, required all the people to bow down to it. And if they disobeyed, there was a fiery, blazing, really warm furnace, really hot furnace that the people that disobeyed were going to be thrown into. Some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon, they pay no attention to you. Your majesty, they refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego brought before him. When they, when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue that I have made when you hear the sounds of the musical instruments. But if you refuse you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then, what God, will you be able to what God will be able to rescue you from my power? This is the best part. Remember, it said that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had, had some authority in Babylon. 
So they were serving to some degree under, under King Nebuchadnezzar. And for them to respond the way they do in this ne- next verse blows me away. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. That's heavy. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you're going into the furnace if you don't bow down. You have one more chance. Sorry, King Nebuchadnezzar. I don't serve you. I serve my God, the God that created everything, the God, the one true king. You, you're, you're a false king. I serve the one true king. So yeah, you might try to throw me in the furnace, but I believe that my God's going to save, save me. And even if he doesn't, sorry, I'm still not going to worship this false idol that you've placed before me. Imagine, imagine the stage. Imagine watching this happen. Like you're like a guard and like the in whatever the palace was, and you're like watching, you're like, oh my gosh, these guys are going to die. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames actually killed the soldiers that threw them in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. And you might say, well, what happens next? We're going to read it at the end of, the, at the end of tonight. But I want to focus on the first part of this passage right now. It's really, really important for us to understand the stand that Shadrach, Meshach, made for the one true God. We must understand the stand, the, the resolve that they had. Because they didn't say, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm sorry, I'll bow down before your false idol. They said, no, I actually believe in the God that created me, the God that created Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he actually created you, so I'm not going to listen to you. I serve a one true king. I don't serve some false idol that you've created and demanded that people worship. Because it says, remember in Exodus, that we're never to place gods before our own. The same God that created you and I. That's important. He created, like, at this time in in history, Jesus hadn't walked this earth yet. This is many years before Jesus came. But they still had enough faith, enough faith, Strong, they have enough stronghold within their own body to be able to say, I don't believe in, in what you're trying to force upon me. I stand with my own God. That's really important for us to understand as we dive into the rest. So tonight, just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, they had, they had a strong belief. They had a strong faith. They were expectant. That's the title of the message tonight, be expectant. They were strong in their faith, and they were expectant knowing that God would protect them and deliver them from the situation that, that they were facing. So tonight, are we doing the same thing? We talked about at the very beginning of this message that, that the world, because it's sinful, there's, there's situations that we all face no matter what. Do you believe, as these three men did, that God will protect you, save you, and deliver you from the situation that you find yourself in? Because they were up against it. They were literally against the fire. And they were thrown into it. It says they're thrown into the fire. Be expectant. If you stand strong declaring his name, you must be expectant for God to be faithful in your life. 
We serve an almighty, loving, caring Father. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that. They knew that they, they were created with a perfect image, created in God's eyes, created with love and care and compassion, and they knew that the God they serve is not going to forsake them. God will never leave you or forsake you. I hope you hear that tonight. I want you to put yourself in the shoes as we continue the rest of this, this passage of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because all of you have an equivalent to the blazing furnace, the fiery furnace. And all, all of you, I'm hoping, it's not the exact same thing. None of you in here tonight are going to be thrown into a furnace tomorrow. But some of you, all of you, to some degree, have a situation that's the equivalent to that in your own life. Put yourself in the shoes of these three men. How are you going to respond to that situation? Are you going to respond and say, well, oh, like, woe is me. Like, all my friends, oh, everyone's against me. I, I, I feel this way, so I'm going to react that way. Instead, it's crucial that we lean into God in those moments. It's crucial that when, when push comes to shove and we, and we don't know what's next, it's important that we open those, our Bible in those moments. It's important that we lean into the one that created us. These three men believed that their whole, with their whole heart so much that they were willing to die. It said, we believe that our, our God is going to save us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to worship a false idol. They were so willing to die to stand up for their heavenly father, to still believe in him and obey his commandments. They believed so strongly that they would be saved. Circumstances get dark, just as it did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but, but their faith didn't waver. They... It's important. They didn't even, like, second guess. They were like, this is my response. My response is to follow my, my one true king, not yours, not your false idol. They didn't even hesitate. A lot of us in here, if we're honest, would have said, like, ah, may, ah and they, we wouldn't have known. And we said, ah, okay, like, whatever the decision is. They were direct with Nebuchadnezzar. How direct are we with the situations that we are facing? They turned to their creator. So my question for you tonight is when the heat turns up for you in your life, what are you leaning into? When the heat turns up, when things get hard, when, when it seems dark, what are you leaning into? Are you leaning into the one that created you just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did? Or are you leaning into the things that culture would push on you? Because we've already made it clear, culture is not for you and for me. It's here, to, it's here to take us out. The world is here to take us out. So I can assure you that if we're leaning into culture and giving culture all of our energy, all of our time, we're not going to end up anywhere. So when, tough, when times get tough, what are you leaning into? Are you leaning into, into your Bible? Or are you leaning into the things of this world? How much more convenient would it have been for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar and the idol? How much more convenient? Instead, they stood up for the one true king. The God that created them and me and you. Are you leaning on God when it gets hard, when it seems hopeless? Or are we turning to the things of the world? So tonight, how many of you are facing, like I said, your version of the fiery furnace? How many of you are facing it? I've faced it in my life. A lot of you are facing it right now, or you've just come out of it, or you're going into it. No matter where you're at with your, with your walk with Jesus, no matter where you're at in your relationship with him, there's going to be times that come where you don't know what, what your fiery furnace is coming and you don't know how you're going to handle it. How many of you are facing it right now and, and you're not even giving God the time of day? How many of you are actively in the furnace and you're not even giving God the time of day? 
You're not even leaning into him. You're not even seeking out God's guidance and help. And on top of that, how many of us tonight are not even standing in his name? How many of us are, are leaning into our friends and trying to fit into the crowd and we're actually blaspheming God? And we're saying, oh yeah, Christians, like, and you would claim yourself to be a Christian, but you're like, oh yeah, those Christian people are like, oh. Just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, we are called to stand up for our Heavenly Father and to not, to not waver in our belief in Him. Some of you will walk into one conference tomorrow with your version of the blazing furnace right in front of you. Some of you can feel the heat turning up. You can feel it getting really hard and you don't know what the next step is. What are you gonna do? You have a choice. Are you gonna show up to one conference and be on your phone and distract your friends and not pay attention and, and do all these things? Or are you gonna show up and be intentional about pursuing Jesus and allowing God to intervene in your situation and fix it? Because it wasn't a one-way street. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't go, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, don't hurt us. They were strong in their faith for their God, the same God that you and I serve. So are you going to show up to one conference tomorrow ready for what God has for you? Because I believe that God has something special for you and for me and everyone that's going. And don't miss me on this if you're not going, because there's still, God still wants to speak to you too. But if you're going to conference tomorrow, I believe for every single person that's registered and that's going to that bus tomorrow, God wants to do something real and something new, something fresh in your life. And if you let him, if you say, God, I'm, I'm headed to the, the blazing furnace, I'm headed to the fiery furnace, I, I'm expectant for you to take me out of it. Maybe I'm in it right now. God, I'm expecting for you to save me, to deliver me, and pull me out of the furnace. Because the rest of the story is going to show what happens when we stand strong for our Heavenly Father. You can't show up, be on your phone. You can't. You guys are paying money to go tomorrow. You're paying $135 to get on a bus to eat good food. We're having Chick-fil-A, by the way. But you're paying $135 to show up, get on a bus, eat Chick-fil-A, Olive Garden, all these things, pizza. But most importantly to meet with Jesus, to meet and further your relationship with him. So are you expectant? Like if you paid the, paid the money already, you're like, you're saying I'm going. So are you expectant for God to meet you there? Or are you expecting to show up and just kind of mess around and get through the weekend and, oh man, why didn't God do anything in my life? I was there, like, we have to meet, he's meeting us. It's crucial. Because if, if you show up tomorrow and you have the mindset of like, oh, God, God, come, come find me. Like, God will, still, his presence will still be there. But you have to actively pursue it as well. And if you're not going to one conference, if you're not going to one conference, who said that, that God can't meet you in your bedroom? Who said that God can't meet you at school tomorrow or on Friday? If we're expecting, just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, they were expecting for God to save them. If we're expecting for God to, to meet us in our situation, to meet us in our lives, he's faithful to save us as well. So if you can show up to school on Thursday and Friday, you can do whatever you're doing on Saturday, and God will still meet you where you're at. 
Yes, there's something special about going to a place, going to a conference and, and silencing everything around you and saying, God, I'm ready for, to meet with you again. There's something special about that. And if, you, if you're not signed up tonight and you want to be, come talk to me because there's still room. Registration technically closed last night, but I believe specifically tonight that there's a few people in here that have said, ah, like, I'm not going to go. And you don't really have a reason. We've asked you, hey, are you coming? Like, we really want you to come. And you don't have a reason to. I'm believing tonight that those people, the, you, you in here that are, I'm not pointing anyone out, but you're going to realize that you need to make time to meet with Jesus. We must pursue what God has for us. If you're not going to one conference, you can make room for Jesus, time with Jesus in your bedroom, in your school, when you're making food, whatever it is. And if you're going to one conference tomorrow, expect it for God to meet you there. I would say this. I would be so extreme to say, don't get on the bus tomorrow if you're doubting. Don't get on the bus tomorrow at 2 o'clock if you're coming just to soar through the weekend. And I know that sounds harsh, because some of you, this is like, I've never been to a conference before. I don't know what to expect. I'm just coming because my friends are going. Awesome. If you're coming because your friends are going and you've never been to anything like this, I promise you God will change your life at it. We just must meet him and expect, just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. And like I said, if you're not going, God will still meet you. And that's a good reminder for you and for me. For all of us that are going, it's a good reminder that it doesn't take a, a camp or a conference for us to have real relationship with Jesus. Real relationship with Jesus and our Heavenly Father should happen all of the time. Yes, there's amazing moments that happen at camps and conferences like this weekend. But we're called to relationship all of the time. Not just one conference, not just youth convention, not just summer camp. So worship team, will you join me back up here tonight? We're going to read the rest of the story. Because some of you know what the story how the story ends. Some of you don't. And you're like, you don't really make sense right now. We're going to read the rest of the story. Verse 24, Daniel chapter 3, verse 24. Suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped in amazement. And ex remember, they were just thrown into the fire. The, the fire was so hot that three guards that took them there died because it was so hot. And you might be saying, well, why, why didn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego die? The, the guards did. Listen. Verse 24, suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped in amazement and, his, and he exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we just tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? And they said, yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. And Nebuchadnezzar said, look, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, of the most high God come out come here like oh man these guys are they're in for it look to what happens Shadrach Meshach and Abednego stepped out of the fire then the high officers officials governors and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not even touched them not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched they didn't even smell like smoke Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. Remember, he made a decree earlier on in the passage. 
He made a decree to everyone to serve this false God he created. Now he's making a decree and he said, if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'll be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. The same king that was trying to take them out how real our God is. Because the same God that, that didn't even allow these three men to get burned is the same God that loves you. It's the same God that sent Jesus to die for you and for me. It's the same God that will save you, protect you, and deliver you from any situation that you find yourself in. And if the king, evil Nebuchadnezzar, if the king recognized it, we're not recognizing it. If the king recognized that nobody, no other God can rescue like this, why are you and I not recognizing that our God can rescue us from our fiery furnace? The king that was trying to defy God recognized it. Because it's clear in scripture, the word of God is real. And some of you might be saying this, that's a fake story. Someone wrote that for a good fictional story. The word of God is real and I promise you it's not fiction. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is real because the word of God is God-breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is a real story, and some of you are doubting it right now. They came out of the fire not even burnt, not even a hair on their head singed. They didn't smell like smoke, the Bible says. Could you imagine them walking out of the furnace and Nebuchadnezzar going, oh my. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, Imagine the scene. I've heard this story so many times in my life. And just now I'm, again, for the millionth and one time, realizing the power that is in that story. Because it shows the love that God has for you. It shows the power that God has. It shows the, the care, the compassion. It shows that individuals, each three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in a whole world of people, he cared enough about three people to save them from the fire. So why, why are you trying to tell me right now in your head that God doesn't care about you? Because some of you are sitting here and you're like, well, that might be good and well. They had good faith to, to stand up for their God, but I, God has never done that for me. God's never saved me from my fiery furnace. Well, are you expectant for him to? I was reminded a few weeks ago, my college football coach came and he spoke here at, a, at the men's breakfast and some of you were there. And he had all these like really wild acronyms that he would always use. And I was like, every, every practice, every meeting, he'd always say all these different acronyms and all of my teammates and I, we just thought it was a joke. So I honestly forgot about them up until he, him coming back a few weeks ago. And he reminded me of this acronym, and it's triple A. He had all these triples, triple O, triple A, triple Z, whatever. Triple A was all about attitude. I'm going to say it again, all about attitude. If your attitude towards your heavenly father is like, yeah, God, like I believe in you. You've done all these amazing things in scripture. I believe that you're real, but like you're never going to do anything for me. If that's your attitude, you're obviously not expecting for him to do anything. So I'm not here to say sorry, but like, if you're not expecting, why, why, why would you expect God to work? 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a, the, one of the best examples of a faith in, in our God, I think, and that's an opinion in the Bible, because the furnace was in front of them. And the furnace is in front of some of you, and you're sitting there saying, I, I, uh, you're not going to do anything. I, I got to figure this out on my own. I dare you to t- let God try to handle your situation. I dare you. I dare you to be expectant for God to do something this weekend. And I know the past few weeks I've gotten a little bit like, ah, like going at it a little bit. But that's because I care. The reason your leaders want you in this room when we're reading the word of God is because they care. And the word of God challenges you and me. It's an example for you and me. I don't do it perfect. I don't, I don't have that. I don't have. My faith isn't, I'm not, whatever. None of us here have made it, but we have such a good example of, of what our faith should look like in God. None of us have done it perfect. But aren't you thankful that we have a book full and full of examples of how we're supposed to do it? None of us have lived a perfect life. None of us have arrived. None of, God hasn't said, oh, you're doing it better than him. You're better than that person. That doesn't exist. We live in a fallen world. All of us have sinned. But aren't you an example that we have a book full of pages where we can say, man, I should, I should be in that way. Man, I wish my faith was that strong. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how, how did they have that faith? They were to meet them in their circumstance. And because they were expected, because they, they stood for what they knew was true, God was faithful to deliver them from their circumstance. So I'm thankful tonight because none of you are, none of you are getting thrown into a furnace tomorrow. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I don't have to get thrown into a ball of fire tomorrow. So if we're all agreeing tonight that none of our circumstances are that bad, if none of our circumstances are as bad as the one we just read about, stop telling me that God can't meet you in it. Stop telling me that God can't, can't deliver you from what you're facing. And I know a lot, I'm not discounting any of, any of the struggles that you are going through. We all have real struggle. But none of them are too much for Jesus. None of them are too much for the God that loves you and I. So will you please stand with me tonight? King Nebuchadnezzar said in that last passage, he said they were bound. They're around unbound. They were unbound because God freed them. And our God, the same God that delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and unbound them from, from, from tension being tied up, the same God that gave them freedom from the fire, that same God will give you freedom from your circumstance. And like I said, I don't know what you're facing. I have an idea of what you're facing. I know that that mental, mental health is a real issue. I know that identity is a real issue. I know that sexual immorality is a real issue. I know that, that honoring your father and mother is a real issue. I could list 30 in 10 seconds. I know that you have real issues. I know that you have real struggle that you're facing. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego receive freedom. So can you. We must be expectant for God, for God to be faithful and to give us the freedom, to give us the freedom we're desiring.
the same God that delivered these three men from the blazing fire will deliver you from your equivalent. To stay caught up with everything happening, check us out at peopleschurch.com as well as on Instagram at PCYouthSalem.